on today's episode, how we use email, Android from an iPhone user's perspective, Apple stock gets low, and how we online shopped before the internet. It's episode 16 of Magnificent. As always, I'm Ian Fuchs, and I'm joined by our two lead panelists, MacTrass.com senior editor Chris Houck and the semi-professional pie maker slash semi-professional pie eater, Jay Glenn Kunzler. No hey, distinction between the two. If you're a maker of pies, you must be an eater of pies. I I think I may have your uh, your eater status slightly underestimated, though. You may be edging towards full-on professional. I may very said. well. I'd, I'd have to get paid to be a professional, I think. How can we make that happen? Uh, that's a really good question. You could put an ad on Craigslist. <laughs> we'll eat well, pie for money. I am a professional pie eater. No, not that kind of pie. I. What are you talking about? I, I was. I was talking, oh, Glenn doesn't. Pie. Glenn doesn't eat math. That's what he meant to say. He doesn't yes, eat his math homework. Of course, yes. that's what I meant. Yes. Blueberry, apple, cherry, strawberry, rhubarb, whatever. Oh, All the pies. Us, uh, 40 seconds to go down a wormhole. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, actually, Glenn, you made something that wasn't pie today that looked fantastic. Fun cheese. Fun cheese. Oh, that, that wasn't me. That was the Mexican restaurant I went to. Oh, oh you were just, you were just consuming. Like you were just taking credit for it. Got it. Mm, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was very nice. Chris that informed was, me. Chris informed me before the show that uh, queso fundido was fun cheese, and that fundido was just Spanish for fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, fun, fun cheese. Fun it's a very basic cheese. translation. There may be, uh, you know, a few minor adjustments you have to make, but right. So I have no idea why the dogs are barking, but they barked a lot. They're dogs. Because they're dogs. Well, when they all go off at the same time, I usually believe Intruder is here or someone is delivering Girl Scout cookies. And it was neither of those things. So That sometimes makes me bark also. Girl Scout cookies? Oh, yeah. yeah. If, it's, if it's not Girl Scout cookies slash other food item or someone at the door with something important or someone breaking into the house, it was not of my interest. All right. Where were so, we? What were we doing? Uh, Anything? We were uh, we were discussing fun cheese. Fun cheese. And from there, um, I figured we would we would talk about other fun things that happened this week. So, <laughs> Segway. That was uh, fantastic. And and actually, because I know uh, the fun cheese made de- made Glenn dance in a poppy field uh, with excitement because it was fun cheese. I thought I would just share another thing that also had Glenn dancing uh, possibly naked in a in a poppy field possibly possibly you underestimate now i have to drink a lot more tonight <laughs> uh, that mental picture so uh starting on september 1st but announced uh, i think over the weekend or very late last week amazon officially announced that they will no longer allow flash based web ads anywhere on their site and the coffin begins to fill. The nails are going in. Flash is out of there. Absolutely. So uh, I, I think that's one of those. That's a very telling sign. When Amazon comes in and says, hey, we're done with Flash. And we're one of the big internet 
things, one of the large companies of the interwebs, if you will. Big internet thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're only about 10 years too late, but it's a start. The fact that it's happening at all is a win, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, agreed. Really wonderful, wonderful thing. Wonderful. So, uh, that that was when I saw that online. I was like, "Hey, that's uh, that's a big deal." Glenn will will rejoice in that. Oh, I was delighted, truly delighted. Um, other things that came about of the past few days on the internets, um, Mister. Ming Chi Kuo of KGI Securities, whatever that guy who always gets everything right, uh, had said that he believes the iPad Pro will be in production in September slash October. Mm-hmm. And a Digi Times article, whatever post, basically agrees with that and says that. Assuming we do, in fact, see the iPad Pro, which seems all but inevitable at this point. Um, all but inevitable? Inevitable? Well, One of those. Things. One of those things. Um, seems like a, a kind of a guarantee at this point. Um, the fact that both of them are basically saying, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be September, October. It's going to happen. It's a real thing. Uh, that kind of verifies that it's probably a real thing. It's a lie. Yeah. So the uh, the bigger iPad Pro sounds like it's coming. I'm still not sure who the market is or what the purpose will be or how it will be different, but larger iPad it is. Well, you know, Samsung has already got already going already said they're going to build a bigger tablet now. Was that like, seventeen inches or some yeah, ridiculous? Seventeen yeah. like inches, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just a game with them, just so they can say, "Oh, mine's." Mine's slightly bigger and waterproof, right? It's, yeah, it's a pissing contest, really. Mine's bigger. I can't do anything with it, but it's huge. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you've never heard that line before. (laughs) It's portable if you have a really big backpack or a forklift. And I, the the one place it does a a big, big like that uh, tablet makes sense is if you're using it in like a storefront or something as a or a kiosk that now you have a nice 17 inch screen or whatever that you could interact with a thing yeah. but as a a portable tablet which is what the kind of the whole tablet industry is right now based on doesn't yeah if, if you're gonna have you know a 16 17 inch tablet whatever the hell it is why don't you just buy a damn computer right or, well, you know. they make computers now that are touch like monitors for computers that are touchscreen. Sure. HP's got a whole line of them that are touchscreen computers. Yeah. So now you've basically taken anything you can do productive uh, in a productivity sense, you know, anything productive you can do on the device on a Windows operating system, if there is such a thing as productivity in Windows, <laughs> and you uh, now replace Windows with Android, which is significantly less productive. It sounds like a, a bad combination. Typical Samsung move, though. Yes. Something that got me annoyed over the weekend. Um, and you'll have to remind me of the guy's name, but he's the unbox therapy guy. Lewis. Uh, Lewis. Right? Yeah. Lewis. yeah Lewis. Um, apparently somehow got his hands on the iPhone success casing, allegedly. 
and tested its strength or six. I think it's probably the six S plus, wouldn't it be? Um, I think it was actually just six S. Really? That's what he kept saying during. Well, the, what, that's what he kept saying during the video. That's but. that's a little confusing to me because I know I know when I mean obviously the Ben Gate thing that had happened was the with the six plus. Right. So if it's comparing the six and the six S, I don't feel like it's necessarily a fair comparison because I don't know many people who had a six with a problem. But regardless, um, the yeah, I just checked the video and it says six. Okay. The 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 idea was supposed to be the new iPhone is going to be less bendable than the current generation iPhone. And to me it seems stupid. Like I don't care what you do or how you do whatever you're doing with your phone. If you're running into issues with bending it, like I have a really fast way for you to get it to bend and that's to smash it through your forehead. If your and, phone bends, you're using it wrong. Right. Like in fact, if anything bends, it's not supposed to. You're using it wrong. Like apply oh, that well, to anything I this in your thing. Life. I I took my coffee mug and I squeezed it very hard and it broke. Well, that means my coffee mug is flawed. No, you squeezed your coffee mug too hard. Now your coffee is wasted and you've cut your hand open. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's why I use plastic coffee mugs. I hate it when that happens. You can squeeze them as hard as you want, but they do bend eventually. They do. Or when you put hot coffee in them, sometimes they kind of crumple because Man. they're not actually designed for coffee. The whole plastic thing or kind hot. of leaches, leaches into your drink. That's, uh, yeah, that's nasty. Now it becomes a mess. So, yeah, the uh, the hope is with the iPhone success and success plus that we will see we will see less issues with bending. I really think the bend gate for the six plus and six, whatever was significantly overblown. Although uh, I do have a nice update regarding bend gate. A coworker of mine has a six plus and the other day. And by the other day, I mean, in the last week or two, um, he had pulled his phone out at work and I was like, is your phone bent? It looks like your phone's bent. And it was in fact, slightly bent so he took it into the apple store said hey this has been an he had it in the otter box since he got it it's like hey this is a thing the guy said oh no not a problem right away swapped it out for a new six plus so oh, very nice. apple was very cool about it but it is in fact a thing that yeah they can be bent and like i said he he's like i've always had it in my pocket i always keep it in my front pocket i don't wear tight pants i'm not like you know, sitting on an aluminum bench by any means, but this did happen. And he didn't even notice. I was the one who noticed. I've, so. I've seen a couple incidences, and, and not just with the iPhone 6. I've actually seen it perhaps more often with the iPod Touch, and specifically teenagers with the iPod Touch, than I have with any iPhone. That's a very thin device, so it makes sense. So he, if we had sponsors, here's where we would take a sponsor break. But we don't, so. So, what else is new in the land of Apple? Anything that you guys have, uh, you guys have seen? It's. I feel like it's been so slow because we don't have any new products. We don't have any like major beta releases, or I mean, we're we're to the point of the beta cycle where there's not new things. Anything else you guys have? Uh, 
I think we're really in that last few weeks of summer. Everybody's taking off, doing things, trying to get that last week of summer vacation in before everybody goes back. I mean, pretty much the biggest news there's been is a couple of software releases, namely Parallels 10 and or Parallels 11, rather, right. and the latest version of VMware. Yeah, Fusion 8 and 8 Pro, yes. I think, yeah. And one of the big things with uh, Parallels 11, and I don't know with the VM stuff, but I know with Parallels, it, the ability, if you're running Windows, to have that always listening Cortana thing. Cortana. So Cortana got on to to OS X before Siri did. I've not used Cortana on any device, so I'm not sure how good or bad it is. Well, I take that back. I used it on Master Chief once. but Hmm. I used it on a Windows phone. I've got a Windows phone laying around here somewhere and updated to the latest version of the OS. And it was was good. It's, It's responsive, probably at least as responsive as Siri. Yeah. Nice. I have yet to try it on the computer yet. I'll probably do that this weekend. So how, how does, and I don't know what you guys' experience is, but how does um, Cortana or Siri compare to Google Now and the always listening Google device? If you guys have had any experience with that. Can't say that I have. Yeah, I've only yeah, played with OK Google a little bit. And uh, That's, I've uh, been playing with this Nexus 6 the last few days. And one thing I kind of like about it is that I can literally just say, okay, Google. And if the phone is unlocked or on, which it's not right now, but like literally at almost any time, I can say, okay, Google. And right away, it's like, I'm listening. Gosh. And very much like the Apple Watch, where you can say, hey, Siri. And right away it's it's awake and ready um and i think that's convenient because you don't have to go and find a button and hold it you know to summon it you can just right away like especially like in the car just be like okay google do this so um the idea that i could with my phone say hey lady and i'll try not to say the thing again because people's phones go nuts in the car um but you can say hey lady and then she'd be like hey what's up so it would be nice if it would be nice if, if in some future version of iOS that we could get that. But then there's that whole question of, is it always listening? What's it always listening for? How does that work? Yes. Is my privacy being invaded? And we'll get to that in a minute. So I just wondered if you guys had, had any experience with the uh, the comparison there. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to try. I haven't got Parallels 11 up and running yet, but I am excited to see what Cortana can do for the desktop experience. I think, I, I know, I shouldn't say I think, I know for me, um, with how frequently I use Spotlight on my Mac, and I know there's a lot of people who don't use Spotlight and don't even know what it is or how it works, or the fact that they can not only click the magnifying glass, but they can also do command space and whatever, um, uh, total like life hack if you're a, a mac user and you're not doing that command space type in the app you need or the thing you want to search for it is yeah i, I don't even click the apps folder the applications folder i just you know command space it and start typing the name of the app and especially if it's something you use a lot it'll pop up within two keystrokes yeah it's uh it's life-changing my computer might be having a 
a mini heart attack. All of a sudden, my audio in my ear got fuzzy. So either that, or you're having a small stroke. <laughs> One of those. Either my either my computer or me are having a, a possible medical emergency right now. It could be a ratings bonanza. We could get all sorts of listeners. <laughs> Way to take one for the team. Man yeah. has stroke. Man <laughs> has stroke on podcast. Somehow still edits podcast and gets it out on time. See, I, I always thought I was going to be the one that had a stroke whilst talking about technology. Because I always feel like I'm about to. <laughs> you usually look like you're so about to. Up about it. <laughs> I, I want to I talk about something that when I, when I bring up this topic, it, it might actually cause a stroke for some people. But uh, I want to talk about Android for a minute. And namely how Android ha- <laughs> it's only for a minute. Don't go, don't go far. Use that skip thing. If you don't want to hear it, go to the restroom. I want to talk about why we choose iPhone over Android and what has led us to those decisions and at what point we made that decision. And if we would ever consider going back or going to Android, uh, but I'll let you guys go first. Sure. I think. I mean, I've went back and forth. I've used Android phones. I've got a couple laying here on my desk, mainly because of freelance jobs I have and things like that. But as far as a day-in, day-out phone, I just can't think of using anything but the iPhone. One thing, I've got way too much invested in it so far. So I don't want to go anywhere where I'm going to lose all that content I've got. But I just like the way the iPhone's set up. Uh, The usage is just smoother. Uh, my uh, brother-in-law had an iPhone 6, and he actually ran over it with his car, and while he was waiting for it to be replaced, he was actually forced to use his son's Android. I think it's a Galaxy S5, and uh, he hated it. He absolutely despised it. Hmm. My sister-in-law says all he ever did was just, every time he had to make a phone call, I hate this effing phone. What what about it did he dislike so much? The interface, the way everything worked. He just, mm. the overall general experience, he just hated it. Indeed. I've definitely used uh, phones of every platform conceivable under the sun, from the early BlackBerry platforms to the supposedly newer revamped BlackBerry platforms to Windows Phone 7, Windows Phone 8, to whatever they're calling it these days. I always come back to the iPhone mostly because of simplicity. Um, And mostly because the App Store has such a wide array of pretty thoroughly tested apps. And I would add the really only guaranteed safe app marketplace currently available on the consumer market, which is one of the big selling points, I think. Mm-hmm. It's it's the only place you know you're secure in, in getting and, uh, and testing a mobile app. Tell us about your opinion on Android versus iPhone, Ian. Yeah, you know, I when I initially got my first smartphone, it was an iPhone 3G. Mm-hmm. And it was on AT&T and I loved it. Everything about it. Granted, like now that I look back on the iPhone 3G, I'm like, wow, what archaic technology we were using then. What kind of monster were we with this <laughs> three megapixel camera and whatever, like skeuomorphic apps and whatever. 
but uh i uh when my wife and i well my she was my fiance at the time moved uh, out of the kansas city area we no longer had at&t coverage we switched to verizon it was pre-verizon having the iphone so we got motorola droids and they were horrible to the extent that we actually bought blackberries for a better experience so that's that was my that was my initial thought on android now in the last year and a half i have had three android phones come into my possession um i had an lg uh lucid which was a, a cheap ebay phone that i bought uh just to toy with android stuff and i hated and then i had a one plus one which i sold and now i have a nexus 6 hanging out and android has changed a lot but as chris said i have so much invested in iphone yep. at this point financially uh, you know whether it's music or apps uh just overall preference experience uh comfort uh, you know, whatever with, with all the iPhone ecosystem and the iPad ecosystem. And then the fact that I have an iPad that I don't think I could ever not be an iPhone user. And it, it amazes me that people are capable of making a switch from one to the other. Like it's no big deal because I know people who are like, Oh, I had an iPhone and then I switched to an Android phone and then I switched back to an iPhone. And now I'm going to try this other thing, a you know, windows phone. And then back to like, how do you do this? What what happens to all of your music? What happens to the money you spent on apps? What yeah, happens to those things? Right. But I I also think that we're sometimes in kind of a minority where we spend money on apps because I think there are a lot of people who don't. That's true. I think that makes us so, a minority. Well, I don't know if it makes us a minority or not, but I think it pe- people are much less attached attached to some of the apps they use than some of us tech nerds you know they're like oh well i use a gmail account on my iphone so switching to android it's no big deal because it has a gmail app it has a right. mail app like whatever i use i use texting and android has texting so that's a thing that i can still do mm. i use spotify that exists both places so yeah, facebook twitter you know the major they, apps they're pretty they, similar exactly but then for me i'm like you know i was a tweetbot user forever and ever and ever and now i'm using twitterific until Tweetbot for iPad is released as a holdout for Paul Haddad to update his app. Um, and at, at that point, I'll switch back to Tweetbot. But I, the Twitter apps for Android, complete trash. All of them. Mm-hmm. Any of them. Mm-hmm. So, and like Twitter for me is a huge thing. Like if I can't have a good Twitter experience, I don't want your experience at all. Mm. So... Whether whether Google knows that or cares to know that, um, just things things like that, and, and that's not the only example. That's just one that is at the front of my mind right now. Uh, but there are lots of things that on the Android experience, it is just subpar by comparison. Hmm. Well, since you have the Android phone laying there, Google now knows this, and they have taken note of it. So it's it's still it, turned off. Sure, you think it not. <laughs> it's it's always on even when it's off it's on now, i actually know one person who has an ipad and then has a samsung android phone 
Well, that's bizarre. Goes back and forth. And he is. I won't, I won't, is I won't name names, but it's my sister. Sinner. <laughs> I won't name names, Close enough but there's a name. A name. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I, I have no idea how she goes back and forth like that. So, the the thing that really inspired me to want to talk about this and probably made the conversation much longer about Android than I thought it would be. <laughs> um, it sure felt like it was several minutes longer than I thought it should be. Yeah, at least 12, uh, 13. Yeah. Um, but the thing that inspired this is that uh, Samsung recently, recently, last week, two weeks ago, recently, I don't know, whatever, Samsung did their Samsung thing and released more phones because that's what Samsung does is constantly just throw phones into the ether and hope that something sticks. Hmm. Um, and they announced their edge galaxy S six edge plus and the galaxy note five. And along with those came the option for a one month trial of the Samsung galaxy devices for the low cost of $1 as long as it comes off of a credit card with your name on it. And then obviously if you don't return it within that 30 days, that one month, they can bill you for it trouble. to that yeah. credit card. And But the idea that for a buck, you can try out um, a galaxy, whatever. And their, their idea is, Oh, well if and you, and this, this is a deal only for, iPhone users, you have to go to this page on your iPhone. So it really is just a, we want you to switch from iPhone to Android and to get a Samsung phone. And so I was like, really? I don't think they, I don't think there's an understanding of how difficult it is to make that switch. And then maybe I was wrong. So I thought I would source you guys and see what you also think. Um, and clearly it's not just me who believes that the idea of switching is far more complicated than just walk into your cell phone store and tell them you want a different phone <laughs> because there's lots of other things that go into that. Yeah. I was definitely not tempted at all. Well, well and, and Chris, you, you, I think you pulled up some possibly accurate, possibly yeah, not still, accurate, but from what you heard, find out. This uh, this is some information from a company that wants me to uh, publish part of their study this week later. Hmm. Um, so I'm still trying to find out if it's accurate or not. They claim that uh, during the launch period, which launch period they term as seven days before and three days after the actual release, so pre-sales, things like that, uh, the sales for the Edge Plus were around 5,000 units. And 10,000 units for the Note 5. And they had some figures to compare that to the opening weekend for the six, for the iPhone 6 to 6 Plus, which uh, I'm trying to remember the actual figures, but they claim 10 million were sold during that opening weekend. Oh, dear. Wow. So a little bit of difference in the amount of units moved. Again, like like I said, I'm not – I haven't you know checked for accuracy yet, but uh, it's an interesting contrast. Indeed. I assume now, they have one information to back it up. One thing to note about that is you're looking at the S6 Edge Plus and the Note 5, which are both their monster size screen phones. 
Right. It's a, it's, whereas you're comparing, they definitely aren't targeting for a wide variety. Right. So, so have, you're comparing that to the, the iPhone. Go ahead. Sorry. I would say you're comparing that to the iPhone 6 and 6 Plus. So the 6 was the more like moderately sized phone or the femininely sized phone, however you want to interpret that versus the 6 Plus, which was, which is the one that I think kind of is the same realm as the Edge Plus and the, the Note 5. So you are a, a different, slightly different target group. But at right. the same time, the idea is the same. You're talking 15,000 phones in com- combination out of Samsung, give or take, versus multiples of millions of phones from Apple. Like, you can't compare those numbers and say it's a success. <laughs> Sucks, a success, not a success, which is a very different thing. Success. Yes. So uh, that was what I had about that. Oh, very good. Very, very insightful. So, and also, their height. I have a question for. What was that? And also, their Hydra. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> they they are Hydra. Um, so I I have a question uh, that doesn't relate to Hydra at all, and doesn't really relate to this. Uh, the, the Android topic is done. I think I'm done with that topic. Um, <laughs> How many email accounts do you guys each use? Oh, dear. On a daily basis, weekly, monthly, total? I, uh, I would say regularly. At I've, least four. Yeah, I've got one, two, three personal accounts spread out over Gmail and iCloud and Hotmail that I actually use. And then mail, yeah, or what do they call it now? Is it Outlook.com now? Hell, I don't know. Outlook.com, whatever. Hotmail.com. I like Hotmail. I'm an old school boy. But uh, when it's hot, yes, I can remember when it was unusual because that was a free email account. Oh my God, they're not charging you for it. (laughs) Um, But then, I mean, with the MacTrust accounts, I have probably four or five MacTrust accounts I monitor on a daily basis. So my email client has eight or nine different accounts tied to it. Sure. So, Glenn, what about you? I have, let's see, at least at least one for two for work that I monitor consistently. Um, I've got a couple of personal accounts. I've got some from various side projects. Probably eight or nine that I have to check at least on a daily or weekly so, basis. So many's of accounts, hmm. multiples, numerable. So this, I tend to condense them the as much is- as possible though. So most of them I access through one main account and they become effectively aliases. So what I like to do is I, I like to use uh, the built-in feature in Gmail that lets you incorporate other accounts into an existing account. So you can send as an alias and I set up forwarding um, for at least most of my accounts all into one central account. The exception is my work accounts. I don't like to have them forward because I like to keep the work stuff separate. 
Right. So, so really what I'm, I'm hearing is that you and Hillary Clinton are doing the same thing or did the same thing where you take multiple accounts, you filter them into one place. And then depending on how you want to reply, you reply based on that. Well, yes, except I still use the host server. It's not in the, it's not in the bathroom like hers were. Um, <laughs> not so, the ones I talk about in public. So the reason I wanted to bring this up is I was actually watching uh, like meet the press or something on over the weekend. And they were, they were, they had somebody who was not clear, clearly not a tech person. And they were like, I don't understand. What is the problem? Why can't she just have two email accounts on her device? And then I was like, the problem isn't that it's what the hell? <laughs> who was she? It's Hillary. It was Siri. I don't know where she came from though. Hillary's um, listening to you. Yeah. She's not. Um, You're on the list, man. I guess. No. So it was one of those things where it was like, oh, it's not just that she has two accounts. She has five accounts. Oh my God. Could anything else come up right now? <laughs> Hello. Before, before I was rudely interrupted by that phone call, just kidding, darling. I love you. Um, it, it wasn't the issue of having two email accounts. It's the issue of having tens of email accounts and the idea that, we, we somehow have gotten into this position where we have all these different accounts for all these different things, and they're all different somehow. And what is it that makes those things different? Or what is it that, I don't know, somehow distinguishes that? Well, it's more than that in, in the Hillary Clinton case. It's where those emails were being stored and which servers they were being sent from. So... Because they were being sent from private servers, the information in those emails was much more difficult to obtain based on grammar requests. Whereas if they would have been stored on the government servers, it wouldn't have been an issue. Oh, sure. I, and I, I completely get that. But I also have a hard time with the idea that you know, her, her using her private email server was somehow less secure than her using... Gmail, mm -hmm. because she very well could have done that and said, well, this is how I'm going to going to handle this. Right. And so somewhere in there, there is a, a line to be drawn and say, you know, I understand why it was done this way. And I'm, I'm not saying she was right or wrong to do it the way she did it. I'm, I'm not trying to make any case for for or against that. I'm simply saying I get why. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I, I think most reasonable people can agree that it's not because she was intentionally hiding anything. It's just kind of how the world works when you're using multiple different email accounts. Right. So, I don't know. It was just something that I was like, hey, I, I get this. I want to. Yeah maybe touch on it as a topic of discussion and see what you guys think. Cool. So, um, since email seems to have been a big topic lately, why not? What do you think, Mr. Hauk? What? Mm -hmm. What thinkest thou about the email <sighs> server situation? 
I'm just not sure why she wasn't using the government servers. I don't get that. But uh, maybe she was doing a, something as similar as to what I do and using aliases uh, under Gmail server instead of. Maybe she didn't know how to set up her email. That's the thought that keeps coming to me, right? But don't you have people she to do didn't that? Know for how you? to route it through a host server or something? I don't know. Don't you have people to do that for you? You, you would know, think. Secretary I, of State. I'm. I'm fairly confident she set it up the way she wanted to set it up. She set it up so that it was a convenience for her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it was. I now can go to one email account and see all of my Clinton Foundation things and all of my personal, or all of my Secretary of State things, all in one place, and it's convenient. I get it. Seems right. Yeah. So, that's that's what I know. I'm I'm not an expert in the field. I am not claiming to be an expert in the field, nor would I ever claim to play an expert on TV. I'm just saying that's kind of my take from it. So. Maybe you should play an expert on TV, Ian. I should. I have the hair for it. There so, you do. Uh, trying to get back to uh, one, one last Apple thing, I think, before we um, get on to the, the last topic that I know Chris is very excited about. Um, have, have you guys noticed anything funny with the Apple stock lately? Yeah, it's it's... Bouncing up and down like a amusement park ride. It's it it <laughs> it dunks and then it shoots right back up and then it dunks back down the next morning. It's it's crazy roller coaster. Yeah, it's uh, I mean part of it's just on the you know affected by the general down market, mm. especially for tech stocks. But uh, what fascinates me is is how it can drop to ninety six dollars. And then go back up to one hundred and seventy or one hundred and seven dollars in a single day. That's amazing. You know, Google stock. Uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, Monday or Tuesday, for those listening, not right now. Um, I don't know which day it was, but it went from up twenty five to down fifteen. Yeah. So a forty dollar swing. That's huge. Very That's, volatile market right now. So. Um, you know, Tim Cook insists that all is fine. Apple is fine. Don't worry. But I've had people that I work with that know that I'm apparently I, I work for Apple somehow, because obviously, if you know anything about Apple or you do a podcast or write about Apple, you must be employed by them. So we're all <laughs> Apple employees in some way, shape or form. But I've had people come up to me and say, oh, Apple stock is down. Uh, what's going on? Why are why are they struggling? Why are they failing? What's what's going on? I'm like. Apple stock is down because every stock is down mm. and Apple stock is down because it's freaking the end of August and they haven't announced anything since last mm. year. Like every July or every July and August is like this. Like, mm-hmm. And then obviously the whole China thing, whatever they're doing is, is causing issues with all the stocks. So, yeah, it's definitely not isolated to Apple. That's for sure. No. If if you want my expert investing advice and you have money to spare, Apple stock's probably not a bad way to go because it's not going to tank so far that you're going to lose your shorts on it. And the likelihood that it goes back up um, is almost as certain. 
I, I can't imagine that it dips down and stays down. And I don't think anyone who is an investor would refute that at this point. Like, yeah, unless yeah. China was just like, we're done. We're closing our doors. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, and I think, and maybe if China did that, then that would cause, that would cause issues elsewhere. And we wouldn't have, you know, our fine <laughs> shirts or pants because those are also made there. And we would have, yeah. we would have other things we would have to lose because we wouldn't be Apple able to lose stock. our shorts. Yeah. Apple stock would be the least of our worries. So I'm not saying go out right now and drop 10 grand on Apple stock, but if you're looking for something to spend some money on to invest in and maybe get, you know, a 20 or 30% return over the next couple of years, possibly over the next six or eight months, who knows? Apple stock might be an okay way to go. That's expert stock advice from somebody who has an investment in Twitter right now. (laughs) So... I just thought we would touch on that and how the idea that Apple's, well, uh, we've talked about this before, perpetually doomed. So obviously Apple stock being down because the whole market's down means Apple must be failing. Exactly. Clearly. So the, uh, the last thing I want to touch on, and this doesn't have to be a long chat about it, but it was inspired by a handful of messages Chris sent over the <laughs> weekend or last week or something to us. Oh, no, it's not, it's not my fault. Well, okay, maybe it is. And it was uh, ads from the 1975 Sears catalog. Which is right when I was a teenager. So I got to experience all these things firsthand. Um, We started out with creepy ventriloquist dolls. We will not cover that. However, the thing to me that's amazing is that the Sears catalog, back when the Sears catalog was a thing, was kind of like Amazon, but of mm-hmm. a pre-internet day, because you can almost anything from, if I'm not, not mistaken. It's about a time you could buy a house from Sears, a car, uh, anything you wanted. I mean, they, they thrived in the early 1900s, late 1800s, early 1900s, supplying things to outlying areas. You know, a guy out in the middle of Arizona, him and his mule, he could order a player piano and Sears could have it there in a month, which was very fast service back then. That's like overnight now. Um, but yeah, they did very well for quite a few years. Only recently have they started, you know, really going down the last 20 years or so. Catalogs 60s. or Sears? Sears itself, oh. <laughs> which then they made the great move of, you know, merging with Kmart, which was like adding more ballast to the sinking ship. Right. But, uh, but once upon a time, I mean, we always, when I was a kid, the Sears catalog, especially the Christmas edition, the wish book edition, that was an event. You waited for that to show up in your house and you'd sit there and go through all the pages and mark what you wanted for Christmas and things like that. And they had what was considered cutting edge technology back then. Uh, the giant headphones, that uh, did AM FM radio used uh, like C batteries. So th- those were the, for those listening, those were the original wireless headphones. Exactly. Exactly. And, you and, know, and beats aren't much smaller now. <laughs> exactly. And, and they were just designed to pick up AM and FM radio and that's it. And you wore them while you were walking or bicycling or, 
you know, you, you got you ignored traffic just as much as you do now listening to your iPod. <laughs> and watches, the Apple Watch now, of course, cutting edge. That's our smartwatch. Back then, if your watch could light up and show you the time and seconds and maybe the date in uh, red LEDs on a black screen, that was cutting edge. And that would cost you almost as much and probably an adjusted dollars, adjusted to today's dollars, just as much as the Apple Sport Watch. That's incredible. Two or three hundred dollars just for a watch that would basically tell time because so it lit up. Hundreds of dollars for an old LCD display, basically. Right. But it was, but it was wrist wasn't size. Even L- wasn't even LCD. It was, it was LED. It was the batteries lasted. Maybe you talk about battery life. Batteries lasted maybe a month, and that was back when you know your average battery-powered watch would last two years. A Timex, a normal watch face. Do we want to cover fashions or are we just going to stick with electronics? Um, I mean, the fashion thing, obviously, you had a lot of fun with that. And so I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you, no, if you want to talk about some of your favorite styles. I don't know if you recall the uh, the photo I sent you with all the high waisted pants and uh, the multicolored silk shirts and the interesting hats that were sitting on very large afros and very large uh were, they were all wearing, they were all wearing vests too, right? Uh, a couple of them had vests. Okay, yeah, I, I recall. They all had uh, you know porn star mustaches. Of course, that that was not just you know in catalogs. That was on your average city street. Didn't matter what neighborhood you were in, what area of town you were in. That's how everybody dressed. And yes, I did have the high stacked heels, the elephant bells the silk shirts with uh, flowers on them, things like that. I have some school pictures I destroyed, so no one would ever see. Luckily, there was no internet back then, no digital cameras. So there are very few photos floating around of uh, anything like that. We have to go to the archives for the catalogs to be able to view time as it was 40 years ago. Now, you did, just before we started recording this, unearth a online store that appears to be the 1975 Sears catalog clothing section uh, from from what I gathered. Original vintage clothing items. And most of it, they're proud to say, has not been worn. Wow. (laughs) If anybody wants to check that, we'll include it in the show notes, but it's (laughs) dressthatman.com. And uh, the design of the... The design of the website is definitely one that you would have seen if there had been an internet in 1975. That's what this site would have looked like. Mm. I'm surprised we don't have the dancing animated Gifts graphics on there. Yeah. On there. Uh, we will include that. Just I'm going to put that in the show notes right now. But uh, perfect. Yeah, so you can see uh, you can visit yesteryear, or you just just search for 1975 Sears catalog on your friendly Google. And it will share amazing things with you. So on, on the technology side from 1975, um, you know, that was, that was 40 years ago, give or take a week or two. Um, Where do you guys think we'll be in 40 years? What, what big monstrosity will we be putting on our ears then? Or what will we, we, we be wearing on our wrist in 40 years? 
Or will we even be here in 40 years? Are we going to blow ourselves up long before then? I mean, Donald Trump is running for president right now. <laughs> Assuming we're still around, it's probably all just going to be brain implants, neural net interfaces. Just going to be heads and jars. And it happens, which is going to make things really inconvenient because we'll have to put effort into not sharing. It's true. I certainly don't want to hear what everyone has to think all the time. Although, hey, that's Twitter, right? We're, we're already there. Exactly. Yeah. You'll be able know. to know it instantly when someone's offended. They won't have to type it in. That's right. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's amazing to think, you know, I feel like technology 40 years ago to now, how much has changed and how much has changed very fast. Right. And if we keep accelerating at this technological reinvention pace that we're at right now the things that seemed like drastic changes from 40 years ago to now we might make changes of equal caliber in five years so it's just nuts to me to think like in 40 years we might have like you said brain implants or something that like the movie her where the little thing sits in the ear and it's a computer and that's the whole thing and it interfaces to a huge network and you know, or a, a contact lens that presents us whatever information we're looking for. You know, so things like that and technology that we're, we're getting to a scary place in the world and time. I always enjoy seeing what the movies from like the early '90s thought now would be like. I watched right. um, Time Cop over the weekend, set in 1994, and then it was set 10 years into the future, 2004 with our giant tank-like self-driving cars that we all have now in our driveways. Of course. And, uh, you know, our holographic wristwatches. And it was, uh, it's, it's just funny to see how they try to project forward. What we thought the future was going to be versus what the right. future is. And, and why aren't there, I don't feel like there are movies now that predict like what the future is going to be like in 20 or 50 years short of a wasteland of destroyedness. Right. And I feel like every movie right now is like in the future, we will destroy ourselves. We will blow ourselves up and few will survive. The yeah. few who do survive will find safety in outer space or whatever it is. So if, if movies are an indicator of what happens in the future, at least in some small part we're screwed. Let's let's enjoy our time while we have it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty reasonable to assume that we're doomed anyway. Well, life is an infinite path towards death, right? Nobody gets out alive. Yeah. Interesting statistic, just real quick for you guys. A hundred percent of people who consume water will die. I, think I, I hope you start both a petition to ban the petition that. to ban dihydrogen monoxide. Oh, I love that episode. <laughs> People will sign any petition if you make it. Yep. For the children. So. Prolonged exposure could lead to death. Yes. You yep. try to breathe that shit in, you're dead. <laughs> so that's that's all I had about the Sears catalog. That's all I have about uh water. And my random statistic that wasn't actually a statistic, but it sounds good when you tell somebody you're like, oh, and, oh, and this, here's another good one. A hundred percent of serial killers have drank water. Mm. Yes, that shit. Oh. It's, it's got to be banned. I'm sorry. Yeah, It's dangerous. Um, 
the uh, the one other topic I wanted to talk about, I think we've run out of time on. And so we'll postpone it till another week. Um, so real quick, let's let's run through our somethings of the week. I'll volunteer. Yeah, because I, I can smell my smell the pork roast coming through the house and it's so delicious smelling. Um, just got it in the mail this weekend. Uh, it's called the Puzz Look Plus. It's a camera case for the iPhone 6 Plus and it snaps on the back and it has sliding lenses. You can slide around like the old sliding number puzzles. So it has uh, fisheye, macro, zoom, has a special attachment to the zoom. I haven't had a chance to play with it too much, but from what I've seen of it, it's uh, it's not a case you'd want to have on your phone all the time. But if you're setting out to uh, take some photos, it's a great little uh, attachment. It looks like it's going to be a great little accessory. We'll be reviewing that very shortly. I'll be trying that out this week and probably writing something up at the end of the week about it. Uh, it's a, a really cool little company out of Canada. I've talked with their head guy a couple of times on Skype. Uh, he's really excited about it. That's why he wanted me to check it out. So uh, it's at, uh, well, I've got the link in the show notes. It's at puzzlook.com, P-U-Z-L-O-O-S-K.com. So yeah, check it out if you get a chance. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a good little uh, company to try to support. Cool. Indeed. Mr. Glenja. With the game. My something of the week is a pretty fantastic Mac game that just happens to be on sale for a pretty fantastic price. Ooh, Hitman fantastic. Absolution Elite Edition. So you can play an assassin without actually killing anybody. That's that's important. What's right now it's about sixty percent off. It's ten bucks through the Mac App Store. So it's a pretty great strategy shooter. Very nice. 10 bucks, not a bad way to do it. No actual people are harmed in the playing of that game. Or Can't really go wrong there. Other than maybe the person playing the game, depending on your aggression <laughs> levels with, with gaming. Um, my something of the week is the microphone I'm using right now, which I just posted a review for this past week. It is the iRig Mic Studio. It's a fantastic little USB mic. It is super small, fits in your pocket. Uh, I think it sounds very, very good. I'm not sure how I feel about it compared to my other microphone, um, but I really like it, and it's it's super convenient, and it's only 170 bucks, which when you consider the spectrum of microphones and good quality sound, and for aspiring podcasters or musicians or voiceover talents or whatever, you uh, can use it on any dev- almost any device. It, or computer, it does. Right? Yeah, it works. It works on iPhone. It works on i uh, iPad. It works on Mac. It works on Windows. Works on Android. Uh, any device that supports a external USB based microphone, um, and they it comes with all the different adapters for uh, whether it's USB or Lightning or micro USB. Um, they do have a thirty pin option even for old iPads and iPhones. Right. Uh, you have to order that separate, but they do offer it. Um, but yeah, it's. It's a fantastic little mic. Like I said, it literally is small enough to fit in your pocket or a backpack. So you can take it as a travel mic. It's it's very cool. And it, it has all the, the preamp and everything built in. So you literally just put it on the stand, plug it into the computer, and you're good to go. Or plug it into your device, you're good to go. Delightful. So... It's made by the people at IK Multimedia, and they have done a fantastic job with it, and I appreciate them sending me this one. So, 
I would add that IK makes a lot of really great products, and it would definitely be worth it to any of you to check out their website to see what they've got. I've never been disappointed with anything that they carry, at least not significantly. My my other microphone I actually run, it's a a standard microphone, and I run it through an iRig Pro, which is another one of their products. So they they have made this podcast possible, and for that we thank them. Advertising hit, advertising hit. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so with that, gentlemen, any last words? Pork roast. Pork roast and bacon. <laughs> Perfect. Well, in that case, my thanks once again to the both of you for joining me today. You can find Chris on Twitter at CLHoke, posting stories on MacTrash.com. Glenn can be found on the Twitter machine at the Glenja. You can find me at Ian Fuchs, and the show is available on the Twitters at Magnificent FM. And to all of you who are listeners or subscribers, we appreciate you being here. If you have questions, hashtag ask Magnificent on the Twitters. And if there's anything you heard today on the show that you want to find out more information about, we will do our best to include it at the show notes at MagnificentPodcast.com slash 16. And I'm going to skip all the other stuff because no one ever leaves us rating or reviews. So don't do it. Don't leave us a rating or a review because by telling you to do it, you haven't done it. So yeah, instead, psychology, instead, we don't care what you think. They definitely don't ask us questions because no, we don't hate that. And yeah, don't no. do any of those things. <laughs> uh, so in that case, don't share us on your social media and don't tell your friends because that tells us you care. We yes. can't have that. We don't care if you care. Yeah. So we're funny with, like that. With that, gentlemen, thanks for being with me, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks for having us. Six million dollar dong. <laughs> we have the technology we can make it bigger longer but not faster never faster (laughs) oh you're terrible